this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 10.30 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. So most years, the Sunday after Thanksgiving begins the season of the Christian season of Advent. Advent is the season of waiting where we light candles every week, hope, peace, joy, and love as we mark the weeks to Christmas. And so technically today, so usually this Sunday is Advent, but today it's not Advent because of the way Christmas actually falls this year. And so if I'm being very technical today, this Sunday is the day we wait to begin the waiting for Christmas, if you've got it. And I know the trees are going up, the halls are getting decked, our Christmas tree, we put our our Christmas tree yesterday afternoon, it's already fallen twice, and I'm sure the cat's going for a third round right now while nobody's home this very minute. Um, It's the time of year, it's the time of year, and soon we will all begin asking each other the dreaded question, are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? Pro tip, don't ask a minister that question. (laughs) Are you ready for Christmas? We ask each other that question all the time. And so I thought this Sunday, as we begin to do the waiting to do the waiting for Christmas, we should start with the person who first started asking this age-old Christmas question. Are you ready? John the Baptist, he had his own message of getting ready to prepare the way of the Lord. And so here goes. Are you ready? We're going to be reading in Luke chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read 16 verses, but I wanted you to hear the whole passage of John the Baptist here in Luke's gospel. I invite you to read along with me. It says, in the 15th year of the reign of emperor of Tiberias, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Ituria and Trinoctes, and Lysinus, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all the flesh shall see the salvation of God. And John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. 
For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees, and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, Well, what then should we do? In reply, John said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. Whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked John, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers asked John, And, he, and we, what should we do? He said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah. And John answered all of them, saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So, anyone start watching any Christmas movies yet? My brothers and I, in fact, we watched it. We didn't plan on it. It was just on television, and we all sat down and watched it. We have a favorite little Thanksgiving tradition of our own. We always like to watch the 80s movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with John Candy and Steve Martin. We love that movie. It's a, it's a silly, comedic movie about a guy trying to make his way home by Thanksgiving. But truly... As silly as it is, it has its sweet moments. It's really a movie about the joy and the gift of family and, the, and making space for somebody else at your table. And if I've just ruined it for you, you've had about 40 years to see it, so <laughs> go ahead and get watch him. But every Christmas movie, every holiday movie, it has that sweet and gentle moment, right? We, we look for it. We love it. It's why we love the Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, Ralphie gets his Red Rider BB gun, and the family learns the joy of a Chinese Christmas dinner. Uh, Scrooge realizes the error of his ways, and Tiny Tim has this moment where he says, God bless us, every one of us. White Christmas is actually a white Christmas. After all, everyone finds love, and the general saves his end. We love those sweet and sentimental moments. We crave that warm and fuzzy this time of year. And historically, meanwhile, here's the church. Here we are. The tradition has it that this is the time of year where we lift up the message of John the Baptist. Prepare the way of the Lord. He is not warm and fuzzy. There is nothing sweet and sentimental about John the Baptist. And you probably remember John the Baptist. He, he would have been Jesus's cousin. Uh, Mary actually went to his mother's house while she was expecting. John was the one to baptize Jesus in the River Jordan. He was one to recognize his ministry for who he was and to be in the world. He was the one that was declaring, prepare the way of the Lord Jesus is coming. 
But he's not sweet, and he's not sentimental about it. He doesn't coat his message in sugar to make it easier to go down. Actually, it's pretty harsh. Keep in mind that John the Baptist is out in the wilderness wearing his camel sweaters. He was out in the wilderness. People had to go to find him just to hear what John had to say, and they did. Imagine, imagine if I started a Sunday sermon with church, you brood of vipers. <laughs> then he goes on to say, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not say to yourselves, hey, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. And every tree, every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Ouch. Harsh. John isn't here to make us feel good. He isn't trying to be warm and fuzzy. He doesn't. He just says it like it is. Repent, change, get ready, prepare the way of the Lord. The axe is lying at the root of the tree, and every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down. He's looking at folks who are thinking, hey, you know what? I'm one of the chosen. I'm good with God. I'm set. And yet here is John saying, bear fruit with your life. And when the people ask John what bearing fruit actually means, he gives some very specific examples in this passage. Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. Whoever has food must do likewise. John's Christmas message is clear. If you have more than enough, share. It reminds me of that old quote from Samuel Clemens, better known as Mark Twain, who famously said, it's not the parts about the Bible that I don't understand that trouble me, it's the parts that I do understand. John says, if you have two coats, give one away. If you have food, he doesn't say if you have more than enough food. He says, if you have food, share with those who don't. Prepare the way for Jesus coming into the world. John says you should be doing something for somebody else. Someone who can't pay you back. Someone who can't return the favor down the road. Something for someone in need. You know, I have a, a friend of mine, whenever he's asked to pray for any occasion, a happy occasion, sad occasion, big moment, little moment, whenever he's asked to publicly pray, he almost always, without fail, adds in the midst of his prayer, Lord, make us ever mindful of the needs of the poor. He says it every time. And I never asked him, but I know, I know that he does that to remind everyone in the room that if we really want to find Jesus, all we need is to look there. And those who are hurting and hungry grief-stricken, lost, broken. Make us ever mindful of the needs of the poor, Lord. Now the tax collectors asked John the Baptist, what about them? 
John says, well, here's the thing. Don't take more than you're required. Everybody hated tax collectors because they would be required to get a certain amount on behalf of Rome, but if they greased their pockets with an additional amount, it didn't matter, they got to keep it all. And so tax collectors were especially hated and despised as traitors who were working with the Roman Empire. And John says, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers, asked John, well, what about us? What should we do? You know, the people with the power, the people with the weapons. And John says, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation. Be satisfied with your wages. In other words, with both of these examples of professions, John tells people the way you live your life matters. Live with integrity. Live honestly. Live not for your own selfish gain, but for others. This is John's advice on how we prepare for Christ. You know, I once heard someone describe the word at repent as saying it means to come to our senses. And I think in many ways that's the heart of John's message, to come to our senses about our lives, to recognize that how we live our life matters. You know, John's out there in the wilderness and people are coming to be baptized by him. And maybe he thought for a moment that people were thinking, look, I just need this ceremony. I just go to this water and get baptized and I'm good with God. Like something you could check off your to-do list. You know, be a Christian. Check. Make it to church. Check. And here is John saying, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than something you do on your to-do list. It's a reorientation. It's how you live your life. It's through Jesus-colored glasses of how you see the world. It's more than just a one-time thing. It's a daily decision about how we live our life. And I know, church, I know it's busy, busy time. We've got our to-do lists. We've got our shopping lists. We've got our celebrations and our Christmas parties, and trust me, I love a good time. But can I just ask you to think about one thing? Because beyond all that, beyond all that, it doesn't start with our Christmas decorations or the hot cocoa or the movies. Christmas begins and ends in our own hearts, in our own lives, by how we choose to live our life. And you heard John's ideas today. You've heard his, but I hope you will take some time this season to think about how you can prepare the way of Christ. How can you prepare the way for Christmas this year? Maybe you take a tag off the angel tree, give to the Christmas offering, Maybe you drop by a nursing facility and just say hi to an old friend. Maybe you call that cousin that you got mad at decades ago and tell him that you're ready to just move forward and how sorry you are about the time that it's gone without you talking. Maybe you drop some coins in the Salvation Army bell, show up at the Triangle House Recovery for Women, or the Salvation Army and Carol to everybody there that day. Just make a big fool of yourself and spread some joy. 
Maybe you decide to choose kindness when you'd rather level the score with someone. How might you prepare the way for Christmas this year? You know, I'm mindful, ever mindful as a parent, that if we want our kids to grow up to be generous, then they have to see us be generous. Their parents, their family, their church. That's how they learn of what Christmas truly is. And maybe, maybe you just decide this year, you know, I'm going to prepare the way of the Lord by following John's suggestions. Give away an extra coat to someone who needs one. Set another place or two at your dinner table and share what you have to offer. Come to think of it. It actually sounds a little warm and fuzzy to me. Are you ready for Christmas? Prepare the way, church. Prepare the way. Amen.